you ever feel like you're <laughs> like you're performing in a movie that no one else is watching? You know what I mean? Like like um like you're always you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to be the right kind of person instead of just being that person. I want to be the kind of man that does the right thing because it's the right thing to do. The kind of man that's just there, you know, just there. I think maybe I am. I'm trying to be. But how do you know? How do you know if you are or if you're acting like you are? You ever think about that? Just waiting on my wife. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and uh, you're going to hear it today, ladies and gents. You're going to hear what? Both Mary and I are not feeling well today. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who normally watch us live, we are not live today. In fact, we're not doing a video portion of this episode at all, because if you saw us, you would oh my God. You would like send us money. It might cause you <laughs> lifelong nightmares. Um, you'd be like, wow, those two are disasters right now. But at least I get to have like sexy voice right now. You do. It's very Jessica Rabbit of you. Oh, why don't you do right? You know what? Like some other guys, whatever men if do. This is, if this is what it takes. Get over here. Where's the red dress? Make me some money too. Give me some blue eyeshadow. That's the actual song that she sings, awesome. by the way. Let's do it. Because I know <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. Don't mess with me and my... The, the sexiest character ever created. That was the first movie I saw in a movie theater. It wasn't really? Yeah. And guess what? What? It's freaking scary. It is. Especially when Christopher Lloyd's face melts yeah, off. Yeah. My aunt and uncle thought it would be a great idea while I was sleeping over <laughs> for like the first time at their house. Yeah. Let's take her to a movie that's, oh, it's a kid's movie. Yeah. It's, it's, got, a, it's got a cartoon rabbit. Who who wants, who's getting murdered. <laughs> And melty face slime, and we're gonna kill half of the cartoons. Oh, and the man. goo! Oh my god! Oh, the goo! Te- Blake, the goo is terrifying. Between Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the Labyrinth? Oh, I have childhood trauma. Way too much trauma. I mean, not coming close. And then believe- to the trauma that's established in this episode. And then believing ghosts were hot when you were a kid. On top of all I of mean, that, that's not trauma. That's good. I had no the Princess why Bride. We're all screwed up. No, I know. <laughs> The never-ending no story. Why. No wonder why all of the therapy is just booked, <laughs> just solid from for, for the entire world. They're just like, yeah, you guys are all screwed. But up. we know what. <laughs> My name is Enigma Montoya. <laughs> we know, <I> know. <laughs> how that makes you feel. We know oh, that that makes man. you brave. Well, Blake, uh, today's story time is brought by you. Oh yes, it is. Um, it's not so much a story as much as it is. A feeling 
And I've never, it's, the thing that, that Kevin said, I played this at the top of the episode for a reason. I'm sure that there were other things that were applicable to this episode, uh, especially the conversation between uh, he and Cassidy. But this one just hit home for me. I had always felt like this. And it's like, you know, you know those things that are in your brain that you think, well, I'm the only person that ever thinks like this. Um, yeah, that's my whole life, and that's why I decided to podcast. <laughs> and uh, hold on, let me let me fix Mary's mic. Hold so on. there we go. Thinking, um, thinking you're you're the only one. So I legitimately thought, like a hundred percent, legitimately thought the exact same thing Kevin said, which is like, I just want to be that person. I want to be that person that is just inherently good. I want to. I want to be that person that I'm just there, but I have to like. I have to actively act like it. I have to actively think. Okay, what would a good person do when I'm in the middle of my things that I'm doing? It does. It doesn't just come naturally, like I guess to some other people. But maybe it doesn't even come naturally. Maybe does it, it come naturally to me? I mean, I think so. What is a good person? I, but again, that that all depends on what you think, right? Like, what do you define as a good person? And and what I guess what is apropos for this story, if you will, is just that, like, I I thought the exact same thing that I just I have I feel like I'm in a movie sometimes, and I feel like I'm playing a role that nobody else has to play. And here I am thinking this, and then this thing shows up on This Is Us, and I'm like, dude, this show is ridiculous. It's like, amazing. It's, it's, it's stupid good, like how it gets into, into the pathos of its view. It knows it's a viewer. It knows exactly. Like when you, if you're in a business and you, you, or you're in a marketing business or a, a product business or whatever. Like you have to know your avatar. Like you have to know who you're selling to. Like for example, Mary and I, we know when we made our podcast, we know who we are speaking to. We have a whole planned avatar of like who's listening to us, why they're listening to us, what problem we're solving for them, the whole thing. So, and this is us absolutely has that down like smack dab right in the, like I don't think there's ever been a company or show or product that has ever nailed their viewer harder than This Is Us has nailed its viewer because it is – man, I I heard that and I li- – I'm listening to Kevin say these words and I'm like, dude, that that can't be real. Like that that is in my head constantly and it's one of those things that's like subconscious too. Like It you would be interesting to know, you know, once this show is done to ask – the creators or the writers, like who is your show's avatar exactly? That'd be awesome. Like I would love to, I mean, it has to be, to be honest, it has to be us. Like, and, and, and maybe not us specifically. Or parents of us. No, I don't think parents of us. No? No, I don't. You don't because, think they watch it and they'd be like, oh, that explains my kid. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, I'm sure that that, that does happen. But I think it's more for us. The 40-ish crowd. The 40-ish crowd who is going through the same exact things that the big three is going through. And like it reminds me of that show 30-something, obviously, because, you know, uh, Ken, what's his name? I didn't watch that show. Starred on it. Um, 
and now he's the he's the director of This Is Us. Um, Ken Olin, thank you. Thirty um, something was for our parents when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was in that time frame. It was like thirty something was the thing. It was the This Is Us before This Is Us was This Is Us. Oh my god, you're hurting my head. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just saying like. I think the avatar for this show is us right now. And okay. uh, and I think it's doing an incredible job at getting, like I said, getting into the pathos of what our world is and the, the struggles that, I mean, a lot of it I, I think is melodramatic and whatever, but like in these small moments, mm-hmm. in these subtle moments like this, yeah, this, this nails it. So I, I just, man, blew my doors off when it, when Kevin was uh was Ke- Kevin was saying all this. Awesome. Sorry. Crazy. Banana. Banana land we'll call that. <laughs> all right. Uh so Mary is struggling mightily and if No, it's fine. No, 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 it's okay. Um if you know if you if you're listening in live time, you know that we're about a week behind. Hopefully tonight we'll be able to get uh the uh, the 609 done. Just set your expectations low. Yeah, so when we don't meet them, <laughs> <laughs> then you're, you're okay. Uh, hopefully we'll get 609 done soon. Uh, Mary and I are actually having internal talks about uh, our programming schedule and how we want to manipulate it just because she's just so sick. And there, you just... If the, she were and normal, the COVID clinic won't let me in. I know, and if she were normal, we would be able to keep up. Like, if she were healthy, we would be able to keep up. But just... No, no, we would. We would. Because we would be able to do it nightly and we would be able to do it. We wouldn't require as much sleep and like we would be able to do it. It would be hard. Not saying not saying it would be easy. <laughs> um, so just know that we are a week behind and we are doing the best that we can. Just It's give, not all my fault. No, it's not all just your fault. It's my fault too. Like I went away last week. Like we would have had this done last week if I didn't go away for business. So please allow us some grace uh, and uh, stay patient with us. And if you're listening to this in the future. You're going to love the next episode. I can't wait. And by love, I mean it's going to make you feel really awkward. Uh, Awesome. Great. (laughs) Uh, uh, Can't wait. So much awkwardness. It's basically about how busy Toby is at work. Oh, great. That is awesome. So perfect timing. This is us. Yeah. Once again, knows it's freaking Avatar. Not all my fault. Uh, listeners not all you okay. not, not all mary's fault thank so you. just allow us some grace and yes. thank you so much and if you're listening in the future you don't care because you're just getting into this you're all like, at once just get to the point we like sure. your sexy voice all right let's go blake <laughs> right. um so, yeah before we before we do this of course please make sure you're following us on social media um particularly facebook and instagram you can see all the other things we're doing maryandblake.com uh we want to remind you that we have a facebook group where we geek out with other listeners of our shows. And I have not seen any new requests to join recently. So either you're already in it, or you're not on Facebook, or you're a little afraid. And all Mm -hmm. you got to do is search Mary and Blake. Just request to join that Facebook group. I will let you in. I'll send you a little message. It's really me. I want to be your friend. All right. (laughs) Not in a creepy way. Sure, not in a creepy way. Just keep singing like Jessica Rabbit. You're just you're not alone. You're not in a movie about yourself. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's do this. Oh, Marvin, you messed up all my notes. What are you doing here? Oh, we're good. Okay, here we go. Uh, the episode was called "The Guitar Man," which is actually a song that is um, it, it it is by the by the band Bread, uh, and uh, clearly it's referring to Kevin trying to learn how to play the guitar, how he wants to just be really good at, at the guitar. And I love that the show has done this. 
like this little stupid thing that Kevin has taken on uh, and they're making such a big deal out of it. I just it, that's just such a great part of the texture of the show right now. The director was Milo Ventimiglia. And I got to tell you, loved it. Loved every ounce of what Milo brings. He has directed Jerry 2.0 and also Storybook Love. The writers were Kevin Falls and Jake Schnessel. Kevin Falls has written uh, episodes like The Guitar Man, obviously. One Giant Leap, Changes, Clouds, The Club. You're messing with my notes, Marvin. (laughs) You keep keep deleting things and and I'm losing my place. (sighs) Clouds, The Club, Songbird Road, Part 1, and Six Thanksgivings. And Schnessel has written 40, Part 2, and 40, Part 1. Mavin, now you can t- now you can touch the notes. You're more than welcome to now. Thanks, boss. <laughs> oh, all right, what do you got for your lemonade rating? My lemonade rating for this episode is a four point nine. Okay, nearly perfect. Wow. Okay. And how about you? I'm going to give it uh, a four point one. And and it's not that I didn't like the episode. I did. I feel like we've been here before, and I feel like we've done this before. So. It's hard for me to accept uh, as like it, unto itself. It's it's a good episode of television. I think there are some some things that are just overplayed, but given the 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 fabric of what we've seen for these specific Kevin episodes before, I have to grade it lower, and that's what it's going to be. All right, what do you got for your GBG? You're good. You're bad. You're great. My GBGs are as follows. My good is all of the summertime pool. I love how the thread of this pool has been such an important part of This Is Us. I know some people might complain saying there's too much of it. One could argue there's too much cabin time. You know, like it's it's a staple place where the family hung out and big momentous occasions happened. And to me, it just shows you that that is where they spend a lot of their time. And, you know... It'd be like, it's it's just, it's a place where major growth development happens. So I liked that we were able to visit that pool. And as you reflect upon the things that have happened at the pool mm-hmm. for Kevin, and then as we go forward with the other big three, I think it's just a really neat thing. So it also inspired me to join a pool club this summer. So thank you. This <laughs> that's true. That's, that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> uh, my bad. I have a couple of things that were bad, but the thing that stood out to me the most was see you in LA for Mom and Meg's anniversary oh, party. Oh yes. Oh, exposition at its worst. Like they li- they could have just <laughs> said, "Hey, we'll see you in LA or we'll see you at the anniversary party." Yeah. We'll see you at the, you know. Because then no one is ever going to say that in real life no. the way that they do. No, it's and it was never just so happen. awkward. Yeah. And I know that they had to say it probably so that you don't think is it Toby and Kate's anniversary party? I would have liked it better. If they did that, because then you're like, for what anniversary party? Yeah, I thought you guys are going to be divorced. Like, yes, yes. Is this the party where everything goes wrong? Yes, or see you in LA for the party. Exactly. Yes. So I just didn't like that it was such a long thing. I would prefer it be different. Or have it even be brought up during the Rebecca Miguel time. Like, thank you all so much for understanding. We're really thankful you're putting an anniversary party on us for soon. Something like that. This was the opposite of Dino DNA. Or... (laughs) Yeah, like Kate could have said, we'll see you in L.A., and they drive away, and Kevin and and um, 
Randall could have been like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're, you know, we're celebrating their something anniversary. Right. You know, something like, like that. And, and again, listener, exposition is that that thing that the, the, the story has to tell you that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get. Yes. Uh, and exposition, when gone done right, is dino DNA from Jurassic Park. Exposition done wrong is what we just saw. Is what we just saw. Or when whenever you watch a show say something like, Mary, as you know, your your favorite color is teal. Like, and yeah, like I know. It, it, when it, when a show does that or a movie does that, it's trying to tell you something and it has no other way to tell you. So it's just so obvious. Yes, and that's what. It and then my great was all of the emphasis on veteran PTSD. Yes, and I will get into that later. Love that. Like your GBG. My good was the super long, like gorgeous pause of silence between Kevin and Cassidy. Uh, it was at least 15 seconds worth of just gorgeous nothing. And Kevin, that's hard for him. That is hard. I mean, that is super hard. That he, like, for the fact that he can't talk, that must be difficult. Uh, that long pause is awesome because not only was it shot beautifully, thank you, my love, Amelia, but also it just... It shows patience. It shows it allows the actors to act. It allows the hard emotion of what is happening to be. It is. It was truly awesome. Um, just a big fan of that. My bad. Oh, and again, it, this kind of gets into why I again I think the show, this episode rather, was not as well. This episode. Unto itself is good, but in 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 consideration or in context to the larger tapestry of the show, it's just not as good because the flashbacks, in my opinion, I didn't care. Like I like the idea of the pool, and I, I I liked the I like the dramatic thread of the pool, but everything about the flashbacks was just so on the nose, and it was so obvious. And I understand that they have other they have two other characters because clearly they're going to go back to these moments. Um, and something bigger will probably happen in them. Yes. But as it relates to Kevin, all I wanted to see was the present timeline. And as I'm watching the the you know, the teenage Kevin and then the young Kevin, I'm like, what am I watching this for? Especially when they start doing things like, you know, <laughs> Kevin, teenage Kevin says, oh, I, I belong in the shallow end because I'm shallow and like, I can't go into the deep end because I'm not deep. And like, (laughs) he wants to be, you know, solid like his dad and, you know, give him a good foundation. And then later on in like, in the, uh, in the current timeline, the foundation of his new house is wrong and they have to fix it. That's it's, the whole point. No, I know, but it's just so on the nose. I just want it to be so much more eloquent. And I want, it's just like, it's like somebody taking a sign and saying like, pay attention to me. Uh, I, and with a big arrow pointing down at their head. I, uh, between the exposition in this see i i i wrote in my notes that i loved kevin's depth in this episode <laughs> because and it's not to say that there isn't depth it's just i think the execution for, of it for me was was he goes from being off. shallow to 
showing caring and compassion in multiple ways to di- a lot sure. of different people. Sure. But like, again, it's, it's the way that it's contextualized is, is tough for me. And like, even Jack saying to little Kevin, oh, you're not ready for the deep end yet. And Kevin wants to dive into the deep end and because he wants to be a deep person. <laughs> oh, man, it was it was crazy. All right. But my good, though, oh, love this. There are two things. I mean, sorry, my great. There are two things that I have is great. The editing. And I know I always call out the editing. Um, and usually when you call out editing, that's a bad thing. But in this case, it's a really great thing. When Kevin is talking to his kid uh, outside the cabin and they're doing the flashbacks to Jack as he's designing the the, mm-hmm. the new house, that scene hit me hard, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, it just – I love moments like that mm-hmm. uh, where a show can reference its own mythology in a way that is um, emotionally impactful and um, and valid to the story that it's trying to tell. I just, I find that so fantastic. And then also too, Jennifer Morrison, the girl who plays Cassidy is really excellent in this episode. Oh my gosh, she is. And when Nikki shows up, and just like touches Kevin on his shoulder. Like that's what you see. And then she goes and then he goes to talk to Jennifer Morrison and she just breaks down. That scene got me going too. Like I'm not even a vet. And but it just it's that love and seeing all of the family members around the table eventually and like and 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 just this connection that these three have and how deep it runs for different reasons such a beautiful moment um that that bedside scene was was really great so that is that and then also of course too like i gotta give credit to randall winking to kevin about cassidy yeah being like oh so it's cassidy huh mm-hmm. and and Kev- <laughs> give me all of that all the time that is just so great all right uh you ready for some big three feedback marvin all right i got some voicemails right here uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch this out because Mary is trying to plug herself in. Here we go. Let's go. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Fran from New Jersey. I'm going to give this episode 4.7 lemonades. I tried to separate good, bad, great for this one, and I just couldn't. I come from a family that has had two suicides in the last four years, oh. and while there's some things that I felt were handled in great ways, I simply can't describe it in those terms, so I'm just going to give you some feelings. Um, I think this episode will be better received and liked on a second watch. I think you need to know what it isn't to appreciate what it actually is. Going into it, I think that there were some very high expectations for a specific kind of Kevin content that we didn't get. I felt like as you were watching the episode, your brain had to recalibrate what you were seeing versus what you were expecting. And Cassidy's suicide attempt was shocking. I think his reaction to what was in front of him showed a lot of personal growth He didn't run away. He didn't try to save the day. He didn't drink. The lack of action, the lack of talking and just taking it all in and being there for another person in their hour of need and lowest point of their life is not something we've really seen from Kevin before. It's not even something you think Kevin would have been able to handle before. I think in those moments, he really got what she was saying in the last episode about her darkness. And he was able to show her necessary platonic support and comfort to her child, which is what she really needs. 
The episode was raw and emotional and very well done. I just wish that a suicide attempt wasn't the catalyst in this instance. It's heavy, and with the time left in the show, I'm surprised they went there. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, I hear you, Fran. It's... <sighs> especially coming from someone who has had that experience, um, you know, in their life, you know, for the past number of years, like, wow. Uh, I, I mean, I, I will absolutely take your word for it in that it is a tough subject, but I, again, the thing that this is us has done is that it's never ever once shied away from hard subjects and it's always allowed itself some room to play within those areas that are deeply affecting. And I, I think it does, I think it is better off for going to a place that is touching for like, that, that is hard for everybody. Um, first friend, I want to just send you a big hug to go through loss in general is difficult to go through multiple losses in such a short amount of time and during such a lonely period in our world, the past couple of years. Um, I'm very sorry. And Going through loss because of suicide um, is beyond comprehension. Um, you know, it's I'm I'm so sorry, and we're sending so much love to you. Um, I am carefully going to challenge your viewpoint on having the topic of suicide in this show in this late day and late point in the sure. um, show because to me. I know this episode was about Kevin, but to me, as someone who's been uh, in a military family and the military situations have greatly impacted my life and my family's life, Kevin's story brought the military voice into This Is Us, Mm -hmm. even though he didn't uh, participate in the military, his journey took us in Jack and Nikki and Cassidy's military journey, which I applaud because I don't think a lot of shows are able to highlight um, the sensitive nature of being in the military, particularly in these last uh, several decades where it really hasn't been an entire nation involved. I think, um, you know, obviously the world wars were really impact, obviously impactful Mm -hmm. for, for nations as a whole, but, um, over the last several decades, you know, with Vietnam, with Afghanistan, uh, with Iraq, with, with all of these wars that we've gone through that haven't necessarily been traditional wars that the nation as a whole hasn't necessarily had the impact of. And because of that, I think that people who are not necessarily involved in the military, um, don't have it on the forefront of their mind all the time. And so I've, I've really been proud of this is us because they've brought the stigma of military and the PTSD and what it can be like for the vets when they come home. So I'm not saying like, Oh, you're wrong Fran, but I'm saying, this episode to me wasn't as much about Kevin as it was about the the closing of the story of all the military that he's brought into the show. And a lot of vets suffer from PTSD and suffer um, and end up sadly having suicide attempts. And so I appreciated that storyline because I do think that there is deep truth into us knowing that aspect of our peers 
in modern day who may be suffering and we have no idea because it's not affecting our lives mm-hmm. on the scale that it does in other, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And like in the other, other thing, and like to build on that mirror, like the other thing that as you're speaking, I'm thinking of is, okay, for those of us who have not served in the military, you know, you know, our experience with, you know, with, with that, um, with that existence is really based on either documentaries or uh, film, right? Um, or it, obviously we have the, the 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 personal attachment and the personal experiences. Like if you have a family member who's been in there or whatever. But let, let's just say for the sake of argument that you don't. You know, your experience with the military is based on either documentaries or film, and <laughs> they're often in black and white. <laughs> they're, they're in black and white. But even if they're not, right? So like you you go through like the I would say the, the pop culture on the whole has gone through waves with the military, right? So, you know, there, there's, there, there's a high wave after the world wars, then there's a big downturn in Vietnam. And then there's a big wave up with the war on terror. And then the, the invasion of Iraq, uh, that goes all the way back down again, Afghanistan goes even further down. So like there, the pop culture awareness and attitude towards the military has gone up and down based on the, 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 societal constructs that we're experiencing as it happens. And I think we've gone through a big wave of it being up uh, and we've, we're going through a big wave of it being down. And the fact that this is us can tell that story in a frank and uh, not factual, but just realistic tone. It gives an, it gives a face to it. Cause I don't think we as a nation have felt the significant impact of these recent wars if Cassidy was a first responder at 9-11 and that was her story I think we all would know Cassidy has severe PTSD without sure. even having to see all this yep, yep. Um, because we all lived through that we all saw that we all felt that impact our whole nation was shaken to its bones we all had that fear in us but I don't know if everyone can say they felt the fear in us about Afghanistan sure so um, Cassidy's story to me has put a face on people who are unseen for uh, their PTSD in the military. So, so please know, Fran, that I am most sincerely, you know, reaching my hand and heart out to you. And I'm not sitting here being like, no, you're wrong. But for me, as someone who has been directly affected in modern military, mm-hmm. um, I saw the suicide story as actual closure on the military storyline, sure. n- not necessarily Kevin's storyline. Yeah, and and actually, to go even further, Mary, is this when Cassidy graduates from Who Are They to This Is Us? No. Still not yet, huh? No. Wow, I'm surprised at that answer. Like, I don't need to know what happens to Cassidy in the future. All right, fair enough. I All know right. she will be okay. All right, let's go to with, the... With, with Nikki by herself. <laughs> let's go to the next uh, voicemail. Hi, Marianne Blake. This is Andrea from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Andrea. My lemonade rating to this episode is four lemonades. It didn't really get me. Although I consider the approach to mental health related to the participation in war an important and underestimated issue, I am not sure if I cared that much about Cassidy. And even though I like Kevin, I also feel like we had seen this cycle of self-loathing, bad decisions, self-sabotage, growth, great deeds before. By the way, thank God he gave his guitar to Cassidy's son. Um, my good was shirtless Jack in the pool. <laughs> my bad, Kevin talking to that guy in the waiting room. I felt as uncomfortable as the poor guy. <laughs> and my great, 
Nick being funny and wise and also their family night in the cabin with other people than the big tree presenting a new family perspective yes. to Kevin. I love her podcasts. Take care, guys. Thank you, Andrea. I appreciate that. Uh, Mary, here's a great question for you. What did you think about that scene with the guy and Kevin just talking to him? Oh. I thought he was going to not know English. Oh, that would have been so perfect. I thought he was just going to be a dude that was like, uh, no habla inglés. I, you know, or whatever. I you know? think it was very much in Kevin. Like, yeah. I loved... When you go back, friends, and rewatch this episode, there's an entire empty waiting room in the beginning. More people come when the daylight comes sure. and, and Kevin wakes up. But there's he goes and he pours a cup of coffee. There are multiple rows. There are four rows of chairs. Yep. And Kevin chooses <laughs> the one that's right. The next one that's to the right guy. across from that is a something person that you would do. I know, and that's why I know it annoys a lot of people. But Kevin and Randall <laughs> love to talk to strangers. If it were me, I couldn't get far enough away from that guy. I wouldn't have believed it if it was Kate. I don't see Kate talking to as many strangers, but yeah. Randall and Kevin, oh, totally love to talk. I, if it were me, I would have sat outside. Yes, yeah, I would have been like, nope. Yes. <laughs> you get the waiting room. I'll sit outside yes. in the fresh air. Yeah. I don't want to smell your farts. No, thanks. <laughs> As I'm trying to sleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's go to the next uh, voicemail. Hi, this is Isabella. I thought the episode was really great. It was fantastic. Definitely a horse. I think that Kevin was lighter by the end. He was much lighter than we've seen him in the last season's. I think that Justin Hartley did a great job portraying that transformation. I think that the book endings were great. The airplane scene in the beginning and the end. The same song, the beginning montage and at the end. Mm -hmm. I think that he, the scene in which Kevin is sitting and the place that Jack liked to sit in the cabin was perfect. Yep. As soon as I saw that scene, I, I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. I think that it was really a great detail that he was wearing a flannel shirt on top of his shirt <laughs> and by the end of the episode, which was a nod to Jack also. I think that was a really beautiful choice. I think that we didn't necessarily need the flashback scene with the necklace in the hospital because as soon as I saw him looking at the necklace, I thought about that moment. But it was also beautiful nonetheless. So this episode was pretty great overall. And the relationship between Nikki, Cassidy, and Nick and Kevin was perfect. Wow, thank you. And, and uh, thank you. I, I actually loved the necklace scene. I thought that was great. That was awesome. Like just little things like that just get me. Making it real. Making it real. And by the way, I just I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to because of all the takes that Isabella brought, I'm playing this. Man, all the attention to detail there, like the calling out where Jack was sitting and the flannel shirts and everything, that is some good uh, critical television watching right there. Great job pointing all of those things out. All right, we got one last voicemail. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right, here we go. Hi, Marion Blake. This is Jake from Springfield, Missouri. Hey, Jake. I was calling to give this latest episode of This Is Us a five out of five. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I've been loving all the misdirection they've mm -hmm. been doing this season with who Kevin is going to eventually end up with. Um, I still think that it's going to be Madison. I think that all the storylines with Sophie in the past are just typical This Is Us fake outs, and that in the end, he's going to end up with 
the mother of his children. Uh, I really love how they put a cap on Cassidy's character mm-hmm. um, and gave her a purpose for the future as well. And I also thought it was just incredibly touching how they accomplished Jack's dream of opening up big three homes and how Kevin is going to be doing that, but also in a way that is going to help out a lot of people in need. I love it. So Jake, you bring out something here that's really important for me. And that is the opposite of what they tried to do with Kevin feeling deep. That is how big three homes was actually formed. Mm. Like it doesn't need to be in your face. It doesn't need to be, Hey, pay attention to me. Look at me with the arrow. Like, No, like this was an organic development. This was something that Kevin was inspired. He saw a need and helped facilitate something Mm -hmm. that is going to affect his life going forward. And it affects us when it happens. You're like, whoa, holy smokes. Like, yeah, that's how that stuff happens. When something happens and you don't even recognize when it's about to happen, then and then boom, it does. That's when you know you've done it right. Well done, this is us. I I well have to say, done. That was uh, thinking about it in those terms. Mm-hmm. That that right there might actually bring this episode up to me yeah. to like a four three. You're really tough on shows right now. All right, four, three, nine. How's that no, sound? I'm just. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, I, I just. I really love that. I love how that transformation happened for Kevin and what that means for the three of them going forward. And 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 like, let's just say for the sake of argument, right? That Cassidy is. Um, you know, we're done with her character. Let's just say. Are you happy with where she is? Yes. And are you happy that she's going to be involved in Big Three Homes? Yes. Like, and do you need to know any more about no. her? No. I already said all that. Do you like the... <laughs> <laughs> Am I, I right? Know. I know. You are right. But I just... I just, I just are, you, wanna... are you asking the collective you? Yeah, the, like the, the collective, like the royal you, the I'm royal I'm happy we. with where she's... I mean, and I'm not happy that she had the suicide attempt, but I'm happy that Nikki was able to give her a resource for help that the family unit is now aware that of how deeply she's suffering. Her her ex-husband knows how deeply she's suffering. I think that she's going to have a great support system and I'm glad that there's going to be work going forward with fellow vets. So there's something that the show has done and that is given me confusion about who I want Kevin to be with. I hope I, I wish Kevin didn't have a ring on. I'm kind of cool if he's not with anybody. And, well, that's what I was just about to say. You're a freaking psychic, Mary. We say this all the time. Part of me thinks, I don't want to be with anybody. Like, I just want him to be with his kids. He doesn't have to have the the storybook love that his parents did. And he's trying so hard to live up to that. He's trying so hard to live up to his dad. Like, it, it almost cuts him at the knees a little bit. To, to suggest that he has to be with somebody. Like, wouldn't it be great subversion if he just said, no, I'm not with anybody. But then why is he wearing a ring? Right, exactly. Like, you know, oh, see, that that's a good one. And, and and maybe it's Jack's ring. Maybe Rebecca gives it to him. I mean, he probably was buried with it. Yeah, I would imagine that he probably was buried with it. Maybe his daughter gives it to him. You're married to me. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like who the knows? backwards of those weird promise rings that dads give their <laughs> daughters when they're like 12. Um, yeah. I, 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 but not, nevertheless, right. Let's just say for the sake of argument, he is with somebody. What I don't hope they do. I do not hope they 
pull an ED on us and they like they just throw somebody it into the mix. It won't be a nobody. It's Madison or Sophie. Or it's Cassidy. It's one or of those Cassidy. three. Yeah, yeah. They're it, not going to throw nobody. Or some other lady that he's dated. Yeah, no. Not like, the married one that he took to John Legend. Oh, yeah, not yeah. Her. Sophia Bush. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not her. Um, you know, is it, you know, random girl number one or random girl number two? I don't think so. Um, but it's one of the three that we know that we've been debating. And again, the beauty of the story of what the show is, is accomplishing is like, I don't know who I want him to be with. I don't. I know who I want. But. Like, I want him to be with Cassidy, I think. But would it be better if he was with Sophie? Like, would I it, want him to be with Madison. And right. Like, would it be nice if he were with Madison? Yes, it would. Because that means his mother of his kids are there together. And, you know, they, they have a, a real family unit. I think he's done a lot of growing. And, or I, you know, he can be with whoever he wants. That's how little I care about who he's with. Right. He can be with whoever he wants or nobody. He can be with Casper the Friendly Ghost for all I care. I'm just happy he's come to feel good about himself. So I want to go over some of the lyrics from the Guitar Man, the song. It says, he can make you love, he can get you high, he will bring you down and then he'll make you cry. Something keeps him moving, but no one seems to know what it is that makes him go. Then the lights begin to flicker and then the sound is getting dim. The voice begins to falter and the crowds are getting thin. But he never seems to notice. He's just got to find another place to play. When you hear that, Mary, how do you interpret that for Kevin? Or is, was it just like, again, because as we've said, and I, it's slowly becoming a Mary and Blake media commandment. Every, <clears throat> every line of dialogue, every scene, every picture, everything, even music has to serve a purpose. So with these lyrics in mind, what do you think? is the purpose for Kevin the Guitar Man. The song? Yes. I mean, just what you read. He can make you love, he can make you high, he'll bring you down, that'll make you cry. Nobody knows what makes him go. I almost <laughs> see that as the actor part of Kevin. Mm-hmm. He can make you feel all these things, he can do all these things, but nobody really understands him. And then when nobody's really paying attention, you know, the crowds begin to thin. Um but he never seems to notice he's just got to find another place to play. Like that's him still trying to figure out to me, to me, it's not the finality to me. This is Kevin trying. What can I do? What am I good at? Where do I fit in? Where is my family? So sorry if I didn't hit the note that you wanted me to hit with it. It's it's okay. It's, it's totally fine. Um, I just, I wanted to get your perspective on that. And that's why I see it as the evolution continuing to evolve, not, uh, the finality. So the lyrics that you said. Epi- uh, this is us has made a you know a, a living on giving us these uh, character studies. You know, usually in the middle of their seasons. You know, whether it was whether it was the Songbird series or it was the the Forty series or now it's going to be this series. Uh, where do you place so far um, Kevin's story in this series of character studies in comparison to the others? To the other Kevin character studies? Yes. Or the other... No, no, no. The other Kevin... Because since we haven't seen the series as a whole, it's hard to... to I will be honest. It's hard for me to compare them because I haven't watched the recent... I haven't watched all of the Kevin Solo stories in a very long time. Yes. So that's very hard for me. But I really do like this one. I feel like I haven't loved all of them before because they've made me feel so awkward. You know, Kevin's gone through a lot of, of... 
awkward, hard moments. And when you spend your time only with him, you know, particularly you think back to, um, his real peak of alcoholism and just how much you're sitting there. Remember when he was having that dream that he was talking to his dad and he was up on stage, but it was really happening without his dad. That was the one that I really liked. You know, that one I enjoyed, but it made me feel so awkward and so bad for him. And I had a hard time relating to that. Yeah. So personally, you know, I know that many people can relate to that, but, um, so it was impactful, but I really enjoyed this one. Because, as I said, I think that Kevin has been able to bring about the side character story of military. And I applaud how they were able to meld them together like peanut butter and jelly without us even knowing. Because military played such a big deal in the Pearson's life. Without the Pearson's even knowing about it. Without the big three knowing about it. The Pearson's of Jack and Nikki. Yep. It played a significant – that is why and Jack became an Jack's alcoholic. Dad, I think Jack's dad was in World War II as well. Probably. And that's – you know, like it's – generational trauma happens yes. and you don't even realize it and it's like in your bones. But, you know, Nikki says your dad drank because oh, of this. That was such a great moment. And, you know, I think that that's important because, yes, they saw very little – they saw a little of Jack drinking and as we go on through episodes, but remember, Jack passed away while they were just teenagers, so right. they wouldn't have had the full depth of how significant Jack's, Jack's battle with alcoholism was. And so for Nikki to remind him, yes, he had that, but this is why. Yep. I thought, once again, brought that thread of the – impact that uh, time in war and being in the military has had on the Pearson family as a whole. Yeah. Is it seeing that this is a Kevin episode and is Kevin episodes to me are Jack episodes because Jack is no longer alive. Well, that's you're freaking, Oh, such a psychic Mary. And it's not necessarily Jack. My question to you was going to be since this was a Kevin episode, and this is not an indictment on the choice. It's just a question, which is, did the show make the right choice? Even though that this was a Kevin episode, it was really more of a Cassidy episode. I would disagree. Why do you say you disagree? Because one could argue that it was a Nikki episode. No, I don't think so. I don't think you can. <laughs> I I think Nikki was the MVP. He might be the MVP, but he was not the focus of the episode. It was either Kevin or Cassidy. It was one of the two. I mean, Cassidy had the biggest event. It was a Kevin episode. But as I said, peanut butter and jelly. Kevin's journey has been Kevin and people in his life involved in the military. (sighs) Kevin's the peanut butter. The jelly is the military. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. So since Mary's not feeling well, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, I have a lot to say. Oh, oh, oh I, thought, I thought we were wrapping up. I, I apologize. What, I what do you got to say? I have loads of notes. The oh. notes you were reprimanding me for. Uh, no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't reprimanding you for you... having notes. I was reprimanding you for actively working on the notes when I'm trying to read. And it's messing up my, li- my line of sight, Marvin. Oops. <laughs> Oops. That's all we're going to say. We're going to have to work. It kind of reminds me of Independence Day. Oops. Yeah, oops. We're going to have to work on our communication. <laughs> Truth. Okay. All right. So let's let's explore these, uh, these oops notes. Oh, I love how 
this episode had Kevin really desperately wanting to be able to jump off the diving board. <sighs> yes. Did he ever get to in this episode? Well, what do you mean? Did he? Did little Kevin jump off the diving board? Good point. No, I'm asking you. No. No. And Kevin says also in this episode, I really want to be great at guitar. And does right. Kevin get good at guitar? No. No, because he gives it away. Interesting. Nice little note there, Marvin. I like that. Uh, on that same note, I thought it was funny because Kate, you know, <laughs> is like, mm. he says, like, you know, I just really want to be good at guitar. And she's like, hmm, and slowly closes the door. <laughs> and so the first time I watched this episode, I laughed. That was an audible laughing time that I feel like many of us as viewers had. The second time I watched it, I was very disappointed in Kate. How come? She's a music teacher. Good point. Well, she's a singer teacher. She ain't like a guitar teacher. No, it doesn't matter if she doesn't. I'm not saying she needs to give him lessons. I'm saying you don't, mm, somebody. You say, keep at it. Or maybe you should tune it first because does anyone else cringe when they hear Kevin strum? That guitar is simply not in tune. <laughs> it's not in tune at all. So, of course, it's going to sound like crap. We need to blame the This Is Us PAs Whoever for that. Whoever just is like, yeah, sure. The first thing he needs is his guitar tuned. Mm. He probably would have sounded a lot better if it was just tuned. Uh, I loved the big three FaceTime call that you mentioned and how he gave the little yes. wink. And yep. I just, I, I want to have little extras of that. Remember how Lost would have the little extras that yes. really weren't a big part of the show, but just were little nuggets? Yep. Okay, so Kevin on a plane with both kids. Oh, oh, that whole opening montage that speaking as a dad, that is perfect. Just mm-hmm. like that is effing misery just freaking even when it was good at the end misery i just thought that like a hostess would help him a little bit more and maybe yeah help buckle the children in or do a little something and they're just like yeah no everybody already has drinks and it's so funny because he's so concerned about the people next to him he's so concerned about oh sorry about this yeah. you know it's kevin being kevin just talking to all these strangers yeah and celebrities they're just like us oh uh, and he says it multiple times <laughs> i'm gonna buy every drink and sorry you can't and he's just so busy with yeah. other people yep. and then i love that on the way home grant and i we spent all this time with the kids and he feels very confident but also that is his focus he's not talking to the people next to him he's not trying to crack jokes or trying to worry oh no it's stinky do i need to apologize he solely focuses on the kids and they're calmer because they have his one complete focus exactly and i'm sure that there's also a level of like he's calmer and he's more Mm self-assured and you know, a lot, you wonder. Actually, I don't think you wonder. I think it's. I think there's a direct line of um, connection here when Rebecca is the one that says, "Go do the big things," and that's what inspires him to take the kids to the cabin. Yeah, you know? it and, is a big thing, and it is. Like, and, and is Kevin capable of doing it? Is he the man that he believes he can be? And also. Is any of the flack that he gets when he's you know at the snack table during the filming of the Manny? You're taking them without a million nannies, mm. and why don't you just fly Mary Poppins? I wonder if people would have said the same thing to Madison. There's always this dichotomy that people poke fun. Oh, you know, if a mom's away, well, who's going to watch the kids? You know, my partner. 
My partner is going to watch the kids because they are a parent as well. So I will speak from a dad's point of view. I don't like these kinds of jokes. Agreed. Because it's demeaning. It's demeaning as a dad. And like, I, I know that they're meant to be funny and I don't take offense to it. But when somebody makes those kind of jokes or they're, they're not 2020 favorable, like that's well, not no, the whatever. World I mean, anymore. I don't care. I don't, I don't, no, no, it, no it, I'm not saying for nerds for me. No, but, like, but I'm saying it's a different workplace and lifetime now. Yeah. I just, regardless of the, of the time, like regardless of the, of the year, I just don't like the fact that it, and again, I'm not like sitting there on my, you know, mountaintop screaming like Rocky, you know, but I am saying like, I don't like when jokes like that are made because, you know, there are dads out there that do a lot of work and there are dads out there that, that care and that, and like to overgeneralize, um, you know, an entire race of men, um, gender, gender, whatever, it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to get at is I don't like those jokes and, and I don't like that even making those comparisons because it's just not, but fair. I, that's what I'm saying is that for his, his co his cast, his castmates yeah. to say that it made me wonder, would people have asked that of Madison when she was doing her Thanksgiving thing, or if she ever took them on a flight, I don't know if people would have asked Madison the same thing. Yeah. Um, so probably, I, just, I mean, probably but, but Kevin proves, yeah, dads can handle this. Dads can handle twins doing this because yes. it's a truth. Um, and then I loved even, you know, talking about the guitar thing, how caring Kevin was for Cassidy's son, that he does just give it to him, that he had this high hope that he himself would become the good guitar player, but that's not the path that he's on. And I saw in this episode, Kevin going from kind of this selfish teenager, mm-hmm. you know, this, this very shallow, selfish, hurtful teenager to someone who put everyone else's needs above his. He gives the son, Cassidy's son, a guitar. Cassidy's son who's having a really hard time. Kevin goes out of his way. Will you paint with me? You know, he's playing Monopoly with the kid, making him feel very much a part of this family, particularly knowing he's struggling and not seeing his own father that often. Yeah. He is able to realize that Cassidy doesn't need him to talk the entire time by her bedside, that she just needs to be able to vent. He is able to listen a lot to Nikki without kind of hitting back, which is a usual Kevin thing in his immaturity that he kind of slapped back. Um, You know, it's just I found even the babies, the babies needed more of his attention rather than him focusing on others. So I just think that it was a beautiful evolution of Kevin to see towards at the end of this episode that he yeah. put all these other people's needs above himself. You know, and there's something else that happened too that I noticed. Logan Troyer, the kid who plays like the, you know, the Teenage. late teens, mm-hmm. Kevin. Uh, he Right before Kate and Randall walk away at the pool scene mm-hmm. uh, during that time, uh, he does this thing where he touches the bridge of his nose mm-hmm. just the same way that Justin Hartley does when I he acts. That. These little things, these little translatable things. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that I felt like the the mid big three. What I don't want to say mimicked, but really interpreted. I have found actions. Kate to be interpretive. I've really found the Kate to transcend the age and the differences. Oh yeah, okay, sure. Uh, another thing I liked though in that scene with teenage Kevin is he says, you know, oh, and dad, dad knew what he was doing and he put a roof over her head. Maybe I'll do that. 
Yeah, and he does. And he is. Yeah. And so I just kept thinking about in the scenes where Nikki is with Jack, how Jack is smiling down from heaven, seeing his brother be in that place that he would have been in, be the man saying, this is, you know, this is how I recommend handling someone who's dealing with PTSD, who's, who's dealing with, you know, a suicide attempt. And he's actively playing a part in the building of the house that Mm. Jack drew Mm -hmm. and how Nikki was never even a part of, of Kevin's life. And how he he's not his father, but he's able to stand in in places and times. He's he's able to call out Kevin on his immaturity, on his lack of, you know, compassion for others, and help him in these ways. And I just thought it it was so neat that you know, kind of taking that perspective of like if Jack could be looking down from heaven right now, how is, nice he'd feel, how is, happy he'd feel. Is Nikki the serious black to Kevin's Harry Potter? possibly that's what I feel like like not the father but like we're reading like right now for the Potterverse we're reading Goblet of Fire and and we just read what the chapter where Sirius sends this letter to Harry being like don't do that again Mm -hmm. and we noted uh, that you know that doesn't really come from Sirius all that often but he does take on this paternal paternal role and I guess my question is, but and I have to play this before we answer it. You're a wizard, Harry. Um, is Nikki taking on that role, a, a similar style role for Kevin? Yeah, I yeah. dig that. I, I'm kind of. I, I think I, even though I proposed it, I'll co-sign on it. Okay. I think my <laughs> iPad just died with all my notes. Okay, I'm going on a different Uh-oh. thing because I took so many bloody notes yeah. talking Harry Potter. <laughs> it's just when fandoms collide the iPad this couldn't is, take it anymore no it said you're blowing my mind I can't even handle this <laughs> um, but I wanted to you know I, I mentioned how Nikki to me in this episode was MVP and um, I'm pulling it up I'm pulling it up I promise I'm pulling up my document come on <laughs> open up oh gosh <clears throat> sorry Blake no that's sorry, okay listeners. I, I think that there's a lot of great things in in this, oh, and oh, speaking of oh, Nikki, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. The hospital. So I talked about how we're frequently at the pool, we're frequently at the cabin, we're frequently, yeah. you know, in people's houses, but we're always in hospitals with the Pearsons as well. Good point. And big revelations are happening for a lot of the men, particularly in the hospitals. We had Jack, of course, with yep. the birth and loss time. We had Toby in the parking lot of yes. the hospital. And now we have, um, you know, Kevin in this waiting room. So I just think that it's interesting that there are these key places that stand out to our characters. Um, you know, so Cassidy, I think it was interesting to see, especially on rewatches, how the crying of the babies Obviously, you know, they referenced in the previously on This Is Us, uh-huh. they referenced Cassidy in a particular moment where there's a baby and there's babies crying and she's talking to the woman, you know, yeah. how they can help. So it was interesting to see that potentially it was even the babies who triggered those memories. Oh, absolutely. And she's just staring out this window yes. like, oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so as much as the show was on the nose in some things, there are some great subtle things that they're doing mm-hmm. here as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then um, I also loved about Cassidy how she it's the last bit she says before she breaks down crying. And she says, um, you know, I was going to a place I'd often thought of, but I'd never been. Mm. You know, I was driving and I was driving so fast and I decided to just keep going and faster and faster and faster. And I was going to a place that I've thought of, but I'd never been, meaning I was 
going to suicide. Yeah. I'd thought of it often. I'd never been there before yet. Mm. And so it's the last line, as I said, before she breaks down and Nikki comes in. But it is such a poignant thing because you really have no idea how often people think that way. Sure. And I just thought that was so beautifully um, written. So going on to Nick, Nikki. Yes. VIP. Um, the Once again, this episode, especially for people like Blake who may have rated it a little lower, worth a rewatch, watch Nikki's face the entire time. This man is so aware of what people's needs are. Especially Cassidy. Especially Cassidy. So, you know, as soon as, you know, here's here's Kevin. Okay, was there alcohol involved? No, there was no alcohol involved. And you see, and the camera stays on Nikki in that moment as he's starting to piece together what that means. Mm -hmm. And then they, then the doctor says, you know, the pole was the one that took the worst brunt of it. And the camera stays on Nikki for a long time as he is adding all of this up and he knows exactly what it means. And as they go outside and Kevin says, okay, she's going to be okay. He is able to explain to Kevin and explain to the viewers what human intelligence, uh, like what, what Cassidy's job was. Mm -hmm. Because once again, if you're not necessarily in a military family, yeah. and if you haven't watched you know, those movies or those documentaries, yeah, you, don't know. you don't know what it entails. And for him to say, she had to make these promises yeah. to people. And, and know that she wasn't going to be able to deliver. No. no. And just like put it in her brain that these people are just assets. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And that, by the way, is great exposition because we would never otherwise be able to get that information. Mm -hmm. But for the very fact of the matter is this, Kevin doesn't know. No. And he is learning and we're learning with him. And mm -hmm. that is when exposition is good. And then also, um, you know, when Kevin's at the foundation and they're doing all this stuff and he's so upset that it's kind of all messed up and he asks, Cassidy, you know, who are these people anyway? And she's like, vets. And Nikki's the one that says, and it starts to be jokingly, yeah. but he says, you know, we've, we've built a lot. These people have built a lot bigger things than, yeah, right. you know, houses with bidets for movie stars. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, for them to highlight the vets, which and I got to give a shout out for. I was just going to say. When, um, when Kevin asks one of the construction workers, where did you learn to build? The construction worker says, Seabees. And I, I got so excited because that <laughs> was what my mom was in. My mom was a Seabee. Yep. So in my head, I started to sing like the Seabee song, which, Aww. you know, I was like, we're the Seabees of the Navy. We can build and we can fight. We will pave the way to victory and guard it day and night. And we promise to remember the 7th of December, Pearl Harbor. We're the Seabees <laughs> of the Navy, these of the seven seas. But like, I know that song. Yeah. What the heck? All this guy had to do was turn around and be like, oh, I learned how to do in the CBs. And I was like, boom. <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. Because you can build and you can fight. <laughs> We've got a CB museum right yeah. next to Grammy and Grampy's house. A museum. Right. Like, you didn't know that there was a museum there, but there sure is. We are in an area where the Quonset CBs were, um, being in Rhode Island, and the Quonset CB area was where they constructed the Quonset hut, which became like a huge um, kind of bunker style uh, protection um, structure yeah. that was used a lot in the World Wars. Yeah. So if you search like Quonset hut, you're going to see this structure 
And you'd be like, oh my God, yet those were invented and by the Rhode Island Crimson Seabees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just neat because Blakey was even wearing a shirt the other day. And I said, oh, that's the shape of the Quadzen hut that was used. And that's why it's a very common pictured create the building structure. Yes. And it was first it's found actually here. a shirt that you can get on MarianBlakeStore.com. Uh, yes. That's so, the take bunkered shirt. But I just, <laughs> A, I loved that reference because it was like, yes, Seabees. Um, once again, target audience. Well done. Well done. This is us writers. You nailed me. Yeah. Right. Um, but Blake, oh you too much. The the focus also on hiring vets to do jobs. Mm-hmm. It's been something that's obviously very important to me. And we have one of the companies that we actually utilize at least twice a year. It's a junk removal yeah. company. Yeah, just for all that. Just the stuff. We do a lot of cleanings in our house. No, 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 no. Not we. I Blake does. <laughs> Let's calm Blake, down. Blake, yeah, no. Blake goes through these like therapy moments where he's like, "That's it. I'm cleaning out the garage." And for a full day, he just throws stuff out. Yep. He won't throw away his old textbooks from college, nope. but he'll throw a lot They're of stuff still out. Good. They're still good because we still really need those outdated history books that are completely politically incorrect. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we have a veteran service that we use, and that's why I choose them because it is veteran owned. So, just fun fact: you can search for veteran owned businesses to support. And I love that that is something that Kevin is now able to do. Um, and I think that that was one, one last thing about Kevin is, you know, I, I will admit that I'm not a huge fan of the Edie inclusion in the show and not because it's, you know, she's a bad actress or whatever. It's just because like, it's so late in the game and it, it, it just expects a lot of the viewer to just, accept it we just i think it's that nikki can be happy and she's a great babysitter yes no i totally agree (laughs) but i'm just saying like it's so late in the game it's hard i think without the emotional math adding up uh that this kind of romance came out of nowhere you know especially for someone who's so risk averse the way that ricky nikki was however big 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 however yeah okay not even with an ER, with an AH. However, I adored the back and forth between Kevin and Edie. Yep. When she's just like, and he's like, all right, if he's just keeping you here, just blink twice. Yep. And she's like, help me, you know, and blinking and doing the whole thing. Like, she earned her, she earned her stripes in this episode. This was, I can buy Edie in this episode. Please remember that Edie watched the babies while Kevin and Nikki went to the hospital. Right. Good point. Good like point. earned her stripes and then some in my so, book. Oh, the Nikki thing that I wanted to quickly mention about yeah. him knowing people's needs. He was able to get little baby out of the car. Oh yeah. No, no problem. problem. None. Zero. Like when has Nikki ever touched a baby? I don't know, but Who that knows? man has the magic touch because that baby went from a real baby to a doll. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it, like, it, no crying. And I love how he's like, they're babies. They're, they're going to be fine. Yes. Like, no, 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 don't do it. No, he's like, yeah, I got it. It's he's, fine. He just and it, knew what, and the kid was fine. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying is in this episode, Nikki knew what to do for everybody. Yes. When he's sitting with Cassidy, when he comes into the room and Cassidy is breaking, saying that sentence that I said before, Nikki realizes that Cassidy needed physical touch. Yeah, yeah. He sat down on the bed. He held her hand. This is probably something Kevin A wouldn't have known to do. B couldn't have done because they did have a little weird like sexual chemistry. Yeah. But Nikki, as kind of this father figure, sits on the bed, holds her hand, and that is when she finally feels right. comfortable to cry. Yeah. He starts to stroke her face, and he says, "It's okay, kid." Knowing she needs to be told that, yeah. I'm getting chills. Nikki's 
perception of understanding what each of these people needs, no matter if they're babies, Kevin, Cassidy. Oh, blew me away. Yeah. I, so MVP of this episode. I would say that I enjoyed the Cassidy half of this episode more than the Kevin half. Okay. Yeah. That's and, no, that's fine. And if if I enjoyed the Kevin half as much as I enjoyed the Cassidy half, I think this episode would have got a higher, much higher rating for me. But how about now that you think about it as peanut butter and jelly? Um, that it's not just yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the four, 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 three, four, four range. Because in my opinion, this is us, broaches topics that we don't talk about as a society and that we don't see on television. We don't talk about obesity. We don't talk about grief. Yeah. We don't talk about alcohols, alcoholism. We don't talk about uh, planning for death. We don't talk about current military PTSD. And we were brought into this world of what it can do to families mm-hmm. on multiple levels. And we got to it through Kevin. As shallow as Kevin's character has been, Kevin's character has been able to shine a light on a very serious topic that many people, many people in our country deal with, whether through themselves or through their family members. And I just, I loved it. I loved it for that sense. To me, it wasn't just Kevin. It was Kevin in military. Yeah, I would, I understand. Um I hear you. I hear you. Got to start singing the CBs again. <laughs> all right, Mavin, are you ready for some in or out? Did you have anything else going on? That's that it. You want to all talk my, about? All my notes. All right. Very good. Done. Great job, Mavin. I love I love your note taking for this episode. I loved this episode. I'm glad that you did. That's, they had me at CBs. Normally, I'm the one that's a sycophant for, for Kevin stories. And uh, here I am subverting, subverting expectations. And you're the one that's... Uh, I'm just more well-rounded. You are more well you just you, you, <laughs> You're just a better person than no, me like, not. overall. I just it's have fine. military family. Yes, yes. All right, so are you ready for some in or out? Yes. All right, let's... Uh, and I have alcoholism in my family, good so... Good point, yeah. So I want to let I'm you guys know... I'm just the damaged one, Blake. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you got the dead parent angle. Yeah, uh, I've got... I got the dead parent and abandoned yes. parent angle. And I've got the alcoholism yeah. and military. Okay. <laughs> so... I think so we, combined, combined. We, this is us has got our attention. You got us. <laughs> I got. We both got the anxiety angle oh, now. So much anxiety. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. Interrupt. Uh, brought to you by jointhenerdclan.com. Of course, that is the great place to go to. When, if we bring you f- laughter. Oh yes, please go to jointhenerdclan.com. If we bring you tears. If, if you if you have dead parent and abandoning parent issues just like us, then go to jointhenerdclan.com. If you like my Jessica Rabbit or CB's song. Yeah. Yeah, well, you keep singing like that, girlfriend. Hey, you know, we'll, right now I need to buy a, a new place. humidifier. I'm trying. I'm trying to do this advertisement here, Marvin. What okay. are you doing to me? I don't know. I'm trying to flush it out. <laughs> Add to, some depth. Go, to, go to join, join the nerdclan.com. Become part of the uh, amazing uh, community that we have there. And t- they know what it is. They've listened to like 600 episodes. Well, maybe we're getting new listeners, and it's good to remind. It is. That's why I'm trying to make it fun. <laughs> <sighs> All right. In a row time, Ivan. Let's go. <laughs> What's it going to be, McFly? Are you in or out? In or out on swimming goggles. In. Out. Out, out, out. Mm, want nothing to do with it. Yeah, I know. You were like a lame swimmer who just swam in his backyard. I was not a lame swim. I just don't want them. Yeah. Do you do the butterfly? Do you, do you do the breaststroke? What do I care about you that? Want, you want goggles when you do those splashing ones. Those ones. things are harder. Did you do rotary breathing with your freestyle? Don't I, Those things make it all harder. Let me just enjoy the water and float. That's what I'm saying. You're a lazy swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> Point proven. Thank you. You probably would have just liked the backstroke. Minimal water in your eyes. Next. 
podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ding. Dive boards. In or out? I actually am really out on dive boards. I'm totally in on dive boards. Great for you. Why are you out on dive boards? I'm already so tall. I don't need to have like an extra <laughs> distance between me and the water. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get the, the I know. Nice spring. I don't like any of it. Y- and you can do it my favorite. My favorite stroke was the backstroke because I did not need to utilize the dive board. Huh. Um, but mind you, like in regular competitive ones, you do because you dive off and then yeah. you turn over. But... I would I would opt for the non diving. I just want to I don't want to point out the fact that you're such a dork that you have a favorite swimming stroke. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in the ocean state. All right. In My row. mom was a CB of the Navy. <laughs> so I grew up in the Bay State. What, what, what does that matter? You were a rich kid with your own pool, Blake. You don't have to have a favorite stroke. Us poor folk have to go to the community <laughs> pool or the ocean. Hey, hey, kids. Which which lake is least infested with algae? <laughs> That's what we, we sometimes went to some ponds where my parents said, I don't know what the allergy count is right it's now. So why don't you go shower? It's questionable. We had to shower. We like that's you had your pool. I had to shower. No, I had to shower because they didn't know what bacteria was on my well, body. That's, there was so much chlorine in our pool that there was no bacteria. I welcome. was the bacteria. You're welcome. <laughs> Point proven. All right. In or out on late night drives. I love the way I talk about you. It makes you look like you were Richie Rich growing up. But you essentially were compared to me. Oh, I mean, compared to you, yes. Yeah. But you were, I was not Richie Rich. You were the Rich. kid who had the Nintendo glove from that movie on whatever. Te- te- uh, technically, I did not have the Nintendo glove. I know, glove, but you were essentially that but, kid. Uh, my buddy had the Nintendo glove. Continue. In or out? In or out on late night drives. In. I'm way in on that. Yeah. Love late night drives. Good. It's the best. Good. I, I even liked late night drives when we had babies and the babies would sleep. Oh, yeah. The problem was that our baby, our first baby, never slept. He didn't like the car either. He, and he didn't like the car. I remember that one time we were trying to go to that wedding and we couldn't even go. To, we got halfway there. We were like, we can't go. We just can't do this. Oh my god! <laughs> like he was, our kid was about to puke because he was crying did not so understand. much. Understand? Babies, all babies cry. Oh, not not like our baby. Oof, that and, was brutal. And now our friends that have babies, they agree. They say nobody cried like your baby. I know that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and they're like, "How did you do it?" But our daughter, our, our daughter, daughter was great. No, she had a high pitched cry. Yes, she was great if I was with her. But if I wasn't with oh, her, she was worse. That was brutal. She actually just noticed the other day how how high voice can go and I said that's because you practice it as a baby yeah it's because you're basically uh, what's his name from ACDC yeah yeah <laughs> um, all right in or out on flying or driving with babies oh in uh, out I nailed flying with babies yes you did I know yes you did uh, if I could give any advice to Kevin, I would have suggested that he baby wear one of those babies and, and carry another one in the car seat. Yes, that would have been a smarter choice. Except that probably would have been the baby that pooped and it probably would have been a blowout and then he would have been oh. covered in poop. So, you know, on the flip side. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In or out on celebrities, they're just like us columns. I, You know, from the rags. I don't do well with celebrities. What do you mean? I don't get starstruck by them. You know this about me. I know they're well, just like us. That's what I'm saying. In or out. They are just like us. I don't need to read it. <laughs> well, you know, you want to hung out with them. I want to know that Ashton Kutcher goes to Starbucks and grabs a mocha venti latte. Yeah, I I don't care. <laughs> I think I've hung around a lot of celebrities. Oh, okay, Miss Big so, Time. <laughs> they're just like us. No, but the ones like when I have, I don't care. Some of them I find really annoying. Yeah, sure. I mean, yes. I don't care what they get from Starbucks. I remember that one time we we hung out with one of one of the actors that we knew, and he was like, "Hey, you guys want to come hang out?" And Which blow, one? And, and, and just give me a hint. Um, the horror movie, the the main the main character from the horror movie. Yeah. He, he's like, "Hey, you guys want to go smoke a joint?" 
and make, blow some lines. Oh my God. Nope. Not nope. with you. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, when I had to babysit Joey Fatone. Oh. oh my God. He was annoying. Uh, yeah. So Mary worked for a movie production company here in, in Rhode Island. <laughs> And so she has had experience with a lot of different uh, or the guy that would take pictures with you from behind. Oh, God. Oh, we can't even say these people's names. No, we can't. No, I'm sorry. You, you don't want no, to do But that. needless to say, they are just like you or more annoying. <laughs> more than likely, they're annoying because they've been coddled. So that guy on the plane who was like, you said that already. That's me to Joey Fatone. <laughs> Mary, last night I hung out with JT. I know, Joey. I know. <laughs> Please be quiet. Shut the hell up. Just get in the car, Joey. <laughs> Joey Fatone is actually quite nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. In or out. He really on, is. On, That's uh, why I say his name. The other ones were not. In or out on um, hospital coffee. I don't get coffee. The only hospital I go to is the kids' hospital, and they have apple juice. <laughs> I just whenever I see coffee anywhere other than a coffee shop, I just I have. Like a slight panic attack. It's okay, Blake. Thinking about what people are putting in their body. I generally want apple juice at the hospital. Like when I went, when I thought I was having a heart attack and they told me, no, Mary, this is anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) Can I give some apple juice? Yeah, they gave me apple juice. Sure they did. Of course they did. I asked for it. It's like whenever whenever you're upset, like if you're after a car, people give you a blanket. Yeah. (laughs) It's like if you're wearing a blanket, it ain't good. (laughs) All right. In or out on um, visiting people in the hospital. I'm in. I'm really good at that. It depends. Depends. Like, I'm in. I'm, I'm I just in. feel like you get nervous. I do get nervous. You, you're not good I'm at I'm not that. good with You're not good like at that. funerals and you're not good no. at hospitals. No, no, Blake is not good at that. I'm not good at that. Me? Oh, I come bringing snacks. Yeah. I'll sit with you even while you nap because <laughs> that means I can nap away from my kids. In or out on making your own cod. 100% in. Oh, out. I know you are. You're so out on it that he, when I ask my kids to make handmade birthday cards, he tells them they're crap. That's true. They I were know. crap. And you know what? Probably you would have looked at Kevin's card. You don't like Kevin's painting style. So you no, would have definitely said that, that was crap. Way out on that. Oh my that. gosh. I'm so in on all of this. <laughs> all right. In or out, talking to strangers in the hospital. In. <laughs> so out. Like I said, I, you couldn't get me far, far enough away from that guy. I'm part Pearson. <laughs> All right, last one, in or out on Monopoly. I'm in. And I realized that our kids would love it. You cannot be in. In doesn't mean you cheat. Okay? It means that you play play, in or out if you actually played by the rules. Cheaters want to win the most. I can't. Cheaters want to win the most. I won't let you play with our kids. (laughs) Continue. Oh, man. That's it. That's the last one. Kicked out of games. (laughs) All right. You ready to close this bad boy out? 100%. All right, let's close it out. you all so very much for tuning in my voice has gotten a little better that's good oh wait no we uh, hold on we gotta we gotta start this all over again we gotta start this all over again here because nice. this is what i'm talking about there see how go. much of the lyrics i got right oh i didn't get to this part i was doing the why don't you do Okay. Jessica Rabbit. So just just picture, like, bubbies flying around everywhere. So many bubbies. Guys' jaws dropping. This is my first experience in a movie theater. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Guys all drunk. Oh. Yep. 
Six-year-old Mary, or however old I was when this came out. Oh, man. This is how I grew up. People wonder why the Pearsons are so messed up. (laughs) If you're too young and you're watching this show, this is what we grew up on, me and the Pearsons. Right. Blake grew up on The Godfather. Oh, yeah, and Goodfellas. That was the first movie I ever saw. We were eating Pop Rocks, things that (laughs) explode in our faces. Oh, my God. Over-sexualizing cartoon characters. The sexiest thing that's ever been created. There were a lot of sexy cartoons when we grew up. Not like the anime style. I mean, like, kids movie stuff. Sure, but none of them are like this. You know what else was messed up? What? All Dogs Go to Heaven. A, all about death. Yeah. B, the dogs are trying to kill the other dog the entire time with like machine guns. Kid movie. That's 80s why, and 90s, that's man. That's why we're all messed up. That's why there's no therapy available. American Tale. <laughs> oh, man. Explains a uh, lot. Old Yeller. Watch oh, it. No, she old. puts her bubbies right on his, yep, right hey, in his chin. You know, I mean, that's what happens. Except when you're six, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> Look at straight bubby shot. All boobs. All boobs. Okay, Blake, uh, we got this. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Go watch Roger Rad- Rabbit yeah. as an adult and picture what it would have been like. <laughs> the six-year-old little Mary. Hey, guys. Had Can nightmares. With my apple juice? Had nightmares about the goo. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd and his laugh. Oh, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it explains a lot. My yeah. early experience with, with TV. My name's Mary. <coughs> My name is Blake. And this is us, too. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.